Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. Welcome to Siren Soapbox, fellow explorers. Thank you for tuning in today. Our mission is to inspire you out of your comfort zone and into exploration. If you're enjoying our shows, please help us out by liking and subscribing. To explore along with us on our next adventure, go to www.sirensoapbox.com and click Dive In and Explore. You can also discover past episodes through the blog pages under Stay Curious. We'd love to hear what you think or if you have an idea for a challenge. Drop us a line at sirensoapbox at gmail.com. And now on to today's episode. Since the dawn of human existence, we have been fascinated with the night sky. Some of our early ancestors even believed that the doorway to heaven lay in the black patch amongst the stars. While that might still be up for debate, we do know with certainty that the first official celestial navigation was in 9,600 BC. And in 2021 AD, the Sirens received a challenge from John Connolly to take a sailing class. So when we heard that fellow Siren Renee was taking an online class through the American Sailing Association, we had to dive in and explore this topic. The class is called Introduction to Celestial Navigation, Shamans, Shadows, Sextants, and Ships. Our soapbox topic is to discuss the class and how it challenged you. If at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. Mango. First up on our soapbox is Merck. Thanks, Elsie. I found the introduction to celestial navigation class to be just so completely fascinating. I think my favorite new fact is that the compass was originally used by the Chinese to align one's chi and not for navigation. And that made me love our compass logo just so much more. The lesson on sextants and Euclidean geometry was completely mesmerizing. I mean, this guy claimed that I, maybe not me specifically, but people in general can find their location on the globe simply by looking up at the stars, taking a reading on the sextant and looking at a couple of tables. That's just crazy. I knew that the location of the sun changes, but I didn't realize that as uh, the location changes each day, it forms a shape called an analemma, which I probably butchered the pronunciation of, but that analemma looks almost exactly like the infinity symbol. And I think that is pretty freaking cool. I wished Mark was watching the class with me because I knew he would just love it so much. As soon as I had a chance, I asked him if he knew what a Viking sunstone is. And of course he does. He was all, yeah, they could use them to find the sun even when it was overcast, right? Of course he was right. He's so smart and cute. Anyway, I learned some cool, fun things, but I don't think I'll take the full course. I just don't have any interest in sailing my own vessel. Plus, I'm willing to bet the course is super intense. My head was swimming after only 90 minutes. So, Sarah, what about you? 
So I really enjoyed the class, uh, even more than I expected to, really. I do love the stars and have actually always wanted to study them. I have a few favorite constellations, and the most recent sailing boats that my dad has owned are named after the stars. I didn't really know what to expect from the class. I think I was anticipating learning about constellations and how to follow them or something. But as a class progressed, I realized that that would only work at night and obviously only on a clear night. So I had a hard time picturing how to celestially navigate. It became clear from the start of the class that the whole concept is pretty complicated. I mean, we were learning about things I've never even heard of before. Well, I've heard of the sun and Polaris, but that was about it. However, the way Ash approached the topic was amazing. He slowly introduced each concept by relating it to a more familiar concept and adding layers to get us to understand what he was getting at. By the end of the class, I was feeling pretty confident that at that moment, I could probably put to use some of my newfound skills. Looking back over my notes now, though, I'm reminded that it's complicated. As with anything newly learned, it has to be used or it gets forgotten. Celestial navigation seems to me to be something that requires a lot of practice to truly be useful, not something to rely on in an emergency. So I've already mentioned here on the podcast about how I'm a little fearful when it comes to sailing, largely because I don't know how to sail. So I can't imagine how anyone can really control where they go while under sail. This class has shown me that it could also be very difficult to navigate if all navigational instruments failed. I don't think this has done much to alleviate my overall fear of sailing, but what it has done is sparked a real desire to take some more sailing classes so that I can one day sail my own boat. If the other ASA classes are as good as this one, I think I could learn, even me. So thanks again to the Sirens and to our listener challenge for getting me excited about getting out of my comfort zone. So with, on, with that, on to Coral Tail guest siren, Renee. Hi, um, I'm Renee, um, and this was the course that I decided I was going to sign up and take, and so I was so glad that everybody decided to take it with me. Um, I'm an adventure traveler, a sailor, a diver, and a yogi, and I probably should preface everything with the fact that I'm also an academic. Um, I have my own sextant. I have multiple books on how to use it. Um, and I love courses and certifications. I have wanted to take the full ASA, full celestial navigation course for a while, but back to my comment about being an academic, there have been a lot of other courses and certifications that have lined up in front of this course. I took my first ASA sailing course back in 2012, 2013, um, and it was amazing. And so, Needless to say, when I saw that there was a 90 minute course that we could take on celestial navigation, I was quick to sign up. I found the webinar fascinating. Um, while I was familiar with the science behind celestial navigation and how it works, I was not familiar with the history. Uh, I think it was an absolute, that was my absolute favorite part of the entire thing. It struck me that with all of our advancement in technology, that some of the most fundamental concepts in science and sailing have stood the test of time. I am in awe with how early sailors were able to notice and document that the stars and celestial bodies had a predictive predict positioning, that they could use their knowledge of the sun and its movements and adapt it for cloudy days. Furthermore, that they were able to extrapolate land distance using, by our definition, primitive technology of wheel turns and steps, technology that we actually still use today. They were using wheel turns and steps. We use our phones that measure 
via accelerometers the same steps and distance. From a practical standpoint, when we sail, and I am a sailor, um, I actually paper chart all of our navigation. We put it into the chart plotter and then I paper chart on top of that um, as a backup. So I've always loved this idea of having a more basic tool in my arsenal in case that electronic chart plotter goes down. Um, I will be taking the full class after the first of the year. Um, the more you learn, the more proficient you are with a skill. And so to all those who are out there exploring, fair winds and following seas. Jess, you're up next. Thanks, Renee. <clears throat> I'll admit I was very concerned when I heard of this topic because I have a horrible sense of direction. GPS is my best friend and I get terrible anxiety whenever I'm going somewhere that I've never been before alone because I hate getting lost. Thankfully, my chances of being on a boat by myself in the middle of the ocean and having to captain it are very, very slim. Uh, but this class was actually really interesting and I enjoyed the history of the navigation aspect of it. I honestly didn't know about all the different methods that were used in the past. So that was very interesting to me. And the actual methods of navigation didn't really make sense because I'm a visual learner, um, but I have, to, I have to, try to try it to be able to do it. So I went outside on a Saturday night to try to do some star measurements after watching the class and it was overcast. <laughs> so I tried again on Sunday afternoon well, Ben and I were working on the deck, um, specifically looked at my, my clock at noon to see if I could do some sort of measurement with the sun. Um, it didn't actually get a measurement because I, I still don't know if I understand how it all works. But I thought it was cool to, to look up where the sun should be in Cincinnati and, and seeing it there um, after looking it up on Google to figure all that out. Um, and I also didn't know that the sun moves through the sky in an infinity shape. I thought that was really cool that Mer mentioned that because I had that, I thought that was cool too. And I just always assumed it was up and down the same everywhere um, and would always look the same. But I also enjoyed learning how a sextant works even though they supposedly aren't as accurate, but I, I always thought they just looked really complicated, but cool. So. It was interesting to learn how those worked. Overall, the class was really interesting. I still don't think that captaining is in my future, but I might feel a little better getting lost in the middle of the woods and being able to find my way at night. So with that, on to TC. Have you ever had those moments when you learn something that makes you tilt your head and say, whoa, I have never heard that. This was one of those experiences for me makes me realize how much I don't know about the world. So can I use the stars to navigate my way somewhere after taking this intro course? Probably not even across a new town, much less in the sea at night on a boat. Or maybe if you wipe everything else out and have only the stars, it would actually be easier. Who knows? And I kind of hope I don't have to find out. But the experience of logging into that course with 700 other people from around the world and chatting with the other sirens about what we were learning and about what others were saying in the Zoom chat was priceless. I had so much fun taking this class with the sirens, I wouldn't hesitate to do it again. 
Now, what did I learn? Besides how witty the other sirens are, I think one of my favorite takeaways is the base 60 system that the Babylonians used. So if you hold up your hand and look at your fingers with your palm facing towards you, go ahead, do it. You'll see that the joint creases in your fingers divide each finger into three parts. You can use your thumb to touch each part. Thumb to pointer fingertip is one, thumb to middle fingertip is two, and so on. You'll reach 12 as you count all of those sections. With your other hand, put up one finger to show that you've gone through once and then do it again, this time starting with 13. When all five fingers are up on your second hand, you'll reach 60. The really interesting part was to consider all of the things that are base 60 as a result of this, or maybe base 12, like time, 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour, or the phrase a dozen, inches in a foot, 12 months in a year, maybe even the 12 days of Christmas. I love learning little snippets like this. It kind of reminds me of when you see a door open, just a crack, and you get to peek at all of the interesting things inside that you've never seen before. I recommend this class if for nothing more than a broader perspective. If you are lucky enough to have a group of sarcastic, witty girlfriends to watch it with, bonus. Next is Elsie. Thank you. I was really excited to take this class. I did find it to be fascinating and I loved learning about the Iceland spar or Viking sunstone to find the sun on a cloudy day and all about the Babylonian math for why we use 60. And it was about halfway through the class that the timeline caught up to a maritime navigation class I took in college. And then I was a bit bummed because I felt that I had already taken the class. Also, the dude teaching the class looked exactly like my scuba diving teacher for my instructor class. And I was having a little bit of PTSD remembering the most stressful time in my life. However, it was neat to see someone holding a sextant and explain in brief detail how to use it. My college class was mostly a textbook and PowerPoint, and we never got to see the professor demonstrate any of the navigational tools that were discussed in the college book. So the Zoom class really helped me because I am a visual learner. I was hoping to walk away from the class with some more hands-on skills. I think I was like Sarah with that one, thinking that I was just gonna be able to look at the night sky and be able to navigate my way around. But instead, I walked away with a shopping list of things to buy and a bunch of books to read. So thanks for the homework. <laughs> I understand that it was an introductory class and the price point seemed to be a little bit high for me because they encourage you to take an even longer and more in-depth class later on. I did get my hands on some Viking sunstone to play around with. Today was a perfect day because it was rainy and overcast. I was able to figure out how to put the dot on the end of the stone so that you can see two dots. However, I was never able to line them up to one. So I think I need a, a little bit more practice on that one. I do, well, I probably shouldn't say this since my husband who calls me the Amazon queen is right here. I do plan on eventually purchasing a sextant and learning how to navigate with it. I think society as a whole has become too dependent on electrical devices and worst case scenario, I wanna be able to fend for myself. Well, that concludes our soapboxes. We do have a special guest tonight, the very person who challenged us to take a sailing class. He holds a geography degree from the University of Cincinnati. He doesn't want me to read all the wonderful accolades about himself. Uh, retired from the Army National Guard, proudly serving our country for 20 years with three tours of duty overseas, serving in Hurricane Katrina relief efforts, 
He's currently working on his master's in geographic information systems from the University of West Florida. He has his Part 107 small unmanned aircraft pilot license and is the owner of JL Aerial Views Drone Services. He enjoys sailing in his Hobie Mirage sailing kayak, biking, and camping. He is an amazing father to an amazing 13-year-old boy and loving husband to Aquatailed Siren LC. Please give a warm Siren Soapbox welcome to John Connolly. Oh, Yay. Welcome, Jack. I forgot I was muted, so I was in. I chimed in later than everyone else. <laughs> Hi, thanks everybody. Thanks for having me. Jack, did you take you took the class with Elsie, right? What did you think? I would have called it a, an intro to the history of celestial navigation. Uh, when they start going back into BC and stuff, you, it's not going to be um, especially useful at the moment. Um, I guess uh, it was really interesting, um, but definitely a history of class uh, as opposed to more of a modern how-to, which is kind of what I was expecting. I was expecting yeah, too, too, but that was the most fascinating part for me. I Same. It was my favorite part. Yeah. Jack, I'm curious what made you challenge us to take a sailing class? I wanted to take a sailing class. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be something in all of the challenges. And we have more challenges from Jack than any other single person. But I see a little bit of his desire in most of them. <laughs> a little bit self-serving. He's like, she's going to be doing stuff anyway. Might as well make it beneficial. Then. Like that one on pole dancing. Um... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lap dancing. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. Oh, lap dancing. Sorry. <laughs> so we're both taking lap dance lessons. No. <laughs> it worked out so well for me. <laughs> oh, so nice. I have to agree. There was an awful lot of history that, that I, but I found that that's, that's the kind of layering that he did, that it really helped even though now as I look back at my notes, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've kind of forgotten about this part and that part, but that layering really helps make it make sense. So I agree, it was a lot of history, but I, I think it was a good foundation, but definitely an intro class. Um, I think that night I probably could have gone out and maybe made my way somewhere, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm not quite ready to do it yet. So well, who, thinks, who thinks they could go out and Use just what you learned from this class to find your way somewhere. I think that I am always just a little too overconfident when it comes to things like this. So I might try to get lost. <laughs> I don't know. You have to buy almanacs and, and, and this is and that's and. I don't yeah, have to, I, 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 I have to buy a sextant, but all the, all the tables that they, they provide them to you, you can just download them from the ASA's website. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But then you have to figure out how to use those tables. Well, yeah. So yeah, I guess I wouldn't, um, that's a good point. So I, I, I don't think that I could, after this class alone, find my way back from somewhere, I would have to do some more prep preparation. Yeah, this class, you know, I, I know how to use my sextant, not because of this class, but because of the other books that I've read that are, were specifically how to use the sextant and how to use the table and how to do the math. Um, you know, this was more of, 
again, I think Sarah was the one that mentioned it. You know, if you're not using these skills on a regular basis, you sort of have to go back and get refreshed on them on a regular basis. And that's why I want to take the full course. So when I saw this little mini course that I knew I could fit in, I was like, oh, this is perfect. It'll go back and it'll brush up on things, um, you know, things that I've already learned, but that I don't use on a regular basis. You know, the sextant only comes out a couple of times a year. Otherwise it sits in a box. Um, so, but I don't, it wouldn't have been from this course that I would be able to use it. Right. How long did it take you to learn how to use this accident when you were focused on studying it? Um, a weekend. It looks hmm. super complicated. But, you know, as he was, as he was walking through it, it's really not complicated. It's, you have to do the same steps over and over again. Right. So you take, you take a you know, a line of sight, it's no different than trying to get a bearing and doing paper charting, right? You go through the same steps over and over again. And as you repeat those steps over and over again, it gets really familiar, right? So you automatically add in that three or you automatically add in that six, right? And you sort of know where you're at. And again, when I was, when I first learned to use my sextant, it was at the same time we had taken some of our first sailing classes. So we're also learning paper, navigation, paper chart navigation. So it's all about the compass rows and the deviations and where you're at on the planet. You know, so when you go to take an ASA sailing class, you've got charts from, I live in Southwest Florida. I don't have charts from Florida. I'm looking at charts from, you know, the, you know, New York or New Jersey or Rhode Island. And that's what you're learning to chart from. Um, and so as you put all those things together and you get really focused on it, it makes sense and it's easy to understand it. The farther away you get from that, like before we do, we do a big sailing trip every Thanksgiving. And before we go sailing every Thanksgiving, I go and review the section on paper navigation. I go pull out my sextant, remember how to use it kind of thing, because between the time of my last sailing trip and my next sailing trip, there's too much time in between for me to be able to just pop back into it. So do you use the sextant for navigation while you're sailing? No, because the say we do charters um, and kind of the rule is on a charter. They want you, um, they want the car parked at night. Mm. So by the time it gets dark outside, you're supposed to be parked in a mooring field um, and not really going anywhere other than via dinghy. Um, so I haven't, I haven't had to use it, but I do paper chart. So we have a chart plotter on the boat. Um, we also run a chart plotter off the iPad. And then I paper, I have paper charted every trip we've taken so that we sort of know where we're at and where we sail in the British Virgin islands is mostly line of sight sailing. So it's pretty easy, but it's still that opportunity to practice that skill. It's that right. opportunity to know where you're going um, and just really be thoughtful. <laughs> so my dad has actually, um, he didn't sail around the world, but he hopped on and off um, a boat that did sail around the world. And they had to do some pretty significant um, celestial-ish navigation because they were in open sea and there was nothing for days. Um, and... Uh, he has his very own sextant that he was given when he retired from Procter and Gamble. They, 
tried to find and figure out what to get him for his uh, retirement present. And they got him a really, really cool sextant. So maybe I could go steal that from his house and, and practice with it out in the backyard. I don't think he would mind at all. No, gosh, he wouldn't miss that. No. no. <laughs> Sarah, I really thought this class was going to help ease your fears a little bit on navigation, but I was happy to hear that you wanted to, to take some more classes. Well, I mean, yeah, this, I think it's solidified in my mind that, you know, you, you, you go out on a boat and you get out in the middle of nowhere. And, and now not only um, do I not feel comfortable controlling this um, sailing boat to get me where I want to go, but now I can't get there because I don't know where the hell I'm going. And I've forgotten all of these things that I just learned in celestial navigation. So no, I, I mean, I think um, I'm still very nervous about the idea of being out there and being the skipper of my own boat, but I, I think it's something that I really want to do. Um, and I think if Bill and I are going to be living on a rock in the middle of the uh, sea, um, it just makes sense to, to know how to sail. I think that would be something that he and I would have a great time doing. Um, and maybe that's what we'll do in our retirement. We'll, um, we'll charter sailboats. Sarah, you might want to check out, um, and they actually do it at the Annapolis boat show. There's something called cruisers university. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when I, you know, I was looking at all of the other things, because, you know, now that I've done this class, the ASA sends me emails every couple of days. And I was looking through some of the things that they sent. And, and yeah, they, I saw that they do a ton of things. It's, it's really cool. So the Cruisers University is really awesome because it's taught by all women. It's, and it's really the course. We did the course way back when we did our initial sailboat training. Um, I grew up sailing little day sailors, not anything on the ocean. Um, and my wife, Megan, didn't have it really any big sailing experience. And so our plan is to retire to a sailboat. So we knew we needed to start to get some training. And we took Cruisers University at the Annapolis Boat Show, all taught by all women, almost all women in the audience. So um, and almost all of them coming from the same perspective that that you are, that they were either the husband wanted the boat or they decided they were going to do this, but they didn't have the experience. And I found it really, really empowering to have these women who have circumnavigated multiple times talk to you about all of the pieces that went into it. I mean, it was an intense four day training, um, but I thought it was amazing. I'll have to check that out. Sorry, I did some of the other ASA certifications. I have three of them and they're all much more hands-on than this one. Of course, this was an intro course and they do have the full course. So I'm sure it's much more hands-on as well, but I was actually out in the water on a boat sailing when I did the ASA certifications that I got and they do, they have a whole list of them. Yeah. I saw a lot of them are like that. And, and, you know, that's the other thing. This was a webinar. We didn't really have the opportunity to go out and practice using these, you know, things hands-on. Um, so for what it was, I think it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I really loved it, but yeah, I would really like to take some of those uh, in-person live hands-on things. So since we are on that topic of this was just online and was not hands-on and it was not sailing, I feel like I'm feeding you an answer. <laughs> Tell us honestly, Jack, did we fulfill the challenge? That's going to be a no. <laughs> I mean, it was technically a sailing class, though. 
It was. And I checked in with you first and I have, yes, written in an email. So I think that's pretty official. That's right. uh, We have the name of the course, but if you cannot celestially navigate at the end of the course, then it's a history of, not a how-to. So, and I think, hold on, if you have the, can I I check your notes? No, you do, you do. Where's the, uh, because it was the, the last one was ships, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really felt lacking in ships. I mean, it talked about the difference between navigating on land and the navigating on, on the ocean because it rocks back and forth and everything, but it didn't really describe how to do it. Well, would you agree that this is a good first step? For the history of, yeah, first step. It okay. does not meet the challenge. Or the, the, the challenge is done, no, I'm sorry. So, so then what's the next step of our challenge? To be determined. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to work on my trust issues with you now because I asked ahead of time and I, I got the official yes. I'm going to have I, to work on my trust issues with the ASA because I can't. <laughs> 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 Not history of. Totally different. Well, when we're in St. Croix in January, maybe we can do some sailing then. Deal. That'd be fun. I'll bring my the next step to buy a big sailing vessel named the siren soapbox so that we can sail it around to visit each other on our various rocks in the middle of the ocean wow i don't know about that (laughs) st croix and hawaii are pretty far apart (laughs) i also have a terrible sense of direction still available (laughs) is there what would you say elsie there a canal still available or do we have to go all the way around <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right i guess you would have to go all the way around like um you know the southern part of this continent <laughs> to get to st croix it's not just like a straight shot is it well, it's far away is that still like a is this still a thing still a thing yeah we got the panama canal Wow. We have our geography major here. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack's going to sail us between Hawaii and St. Croix. Yeah. We can Thanks for volunteering, Jack. Last no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I'm getting on a boat going between Hawaii and St. Croix, it's with Renee and Megan. I don't know about <laughs> since, since Jack said he did the challenge because he wants to learn how to sail. I, I don't think I'm getting on that boat right away. I'm, I'm getting on Renee's boat. <laughs> I'm gonna join you guys. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting on Renee's boat too. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> He's like, I'm joining you guys. Same with scuba diving. She's much. She outranks me there too. Well, I mean, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So, did anybody else feel like the dude in the chat needed to take some fiber? Oh my god! What was up with Ted? <laughs> Shout out, Ted. Yeah. Ted. I feel like we should no longer call people who complain Karen's. We should call them Ted's. I agree. I think we should start a movement, ladies. <laughs> well, we could if we took some fiber. Question <laughs> <laughs> to the instructor about muting the chat just seemed like, uh, um, teacher, they're passing notes. <laughs> oh, for sure. So for our listeners benefit, there was a Ted, a real Ted in the um, chat of this class. 
he just like complained about the chat the whole time, even though he, I don't know why he didn't just ignore it or minimize it, but he just kept focusing on the chat. And then in the Q and a at the end, he said, thanks, Ash. Is there any way to, uh, minimize the chat so that I can <laughs> ignore people who think they're smarter than you. And it was just ridiculous. It was like it, icing on the cake, Ted. Poor Ted. He should have, he should, he should have seen what Renee had to put up with. She's got two chats going in the background. <laughs> so, so I came clean, right? And this is why I felt like I had to preface everything with the fact that I'm an academic. I minimized all like I shut down my email. I shut down Facebook. I shut down the chat on zoom. Like all of this, I had to go back and look at afterwards. And I was like, what are they talking about? (laughs) (laughs) That's all Ted had to do too, Renee. (laughs) So exactly. (laughs) That was the point. So I did it automatically. When I started to see that chat go off at the bottom, I was like, this is annoying me. I shut it off and I didn't pay any attention to it. I love that another um, student in the class finally just put on there. Oh, Ted, <laughs> this is hilarious. ASA said something too. I forget what it was, but it was so funny. Yeah. Add to the story at all. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great story, Elsie. For <laughs> every Monday. Also, for the record, the chat was not like, heckling or anything like that it was when he talked when ash talked about the viking sunstone i chimed in with josh gates did an episode about that mm-hmm. and you know there were a bunch of oh i remember that and then they're like oh here's a link to the etsy on the viking sunstone you know here's a link to this it definitely seemed to um add to and not take away and no one thought they were smarter than the instructor i know now agreed with him in at all no, there was no heckling. I'm glad that you bring that up, Jack, that it, because it, it was, and somebody was saying, hey, if you want to know more about what he's talking about now, read this book. And yeah. then somebody else chimed in and said, yeah, that's a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was completely on target, on task. It, there was no heckling. That's what was so funny about Ted. Yeah, I felt like the, the conversation was good. It was adding to the learning, I felt like. Yeah. That just seemed like all those gunners that were in my medical school classes that got really mad if anyone said anything. They were just like, stop talking. I need to listen to the instructor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, does anybody else find it ironic that we're doing this episode on the Harvest Moon? I didn't think about that at all, but I'm, yeah, that's kind of cool that it was planned that way. Well, accidentally planned. Uh, I, I don't recall the moon being part of our class. What's in the sky? Yeah. Uh, it's very celestial. Yeah. The sun and Polaris. That was it. Uh, Cassiopeia and, and, and the now. Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. You just haven't gotten to that part in the class yet, Sarah. <laughs> Why weren't you paying attention to that part, Ted? So, uh, one of my dad's sailboats was named Cassiopeia. Oh. Interestingly. It's Mark's favorite constellation because he can always find it. And it's look like it looks like a W or an M. My favorite is Orion's belt. I like yeah. that one too, because I can find it. Mm-hmm. And he has I a dog. I like it because he has a dog. I did not know Orion Wait, had a dog. What? I didn't know he had a dog. Doesn't he have a dog? Sirius or something? Doesn't Orion have a dog? 
I'm going to look it up. I don't know, but the cat in Men in Black was all involved. Wasn't it a cat or was it a dog in Men in Black? Yeah, I don't know. Cat. Donna Ryan. Yeah, cat. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's collar. Yep. But they talked to a dog to find out where the thing was. Yeah, he has a dog. It says like, um, hold on, let me keep reading. If he doesn't have a dog, you'll know why I can't use um, the stars to navigate. <laughs> That's going to be the challenge for myself this week is find Orion's dog. Yeah, there's, <laughs> we all know where his belt is. Now we have to find his dog. <laughs> it's a really bright star behind him, isn't it? Hold on. You can talk about other things Did while I Google it. The North Star? No, you find the little bit doesn't have it, but you find the big dip. Oh, wait, wait. This is not good podcast because we can't hear you guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what was your question, Elsie? I was asking if you find the North Star off of the Big Dipper. And Jack said it's attached to the Little Dipper. That's right. correct. So you use the, there are two stars at the, like the, the cup portion of the Big Dipper. Those are, those are what they're used as the pointer stars. So when you line those two stars up, they point at the handle of the Little Dipper where Polaris lives. Yeah, he has a Canis Major, Canis, Canis, how do you say that? And minor there are two dogs i didn't know that hmm. with orion you're two dogs with orion how yeah that's like right that? yeah that's right <laughs> are their names actually major and minor or do they have names canis how do you say it how do you say that word it must canis. be canis canine canis. Yeah. yeah canis okay. minor and canis major well those are boring names we'll call them you better orion spot and rover Spot and rover. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Okay, so I thought that its name was Sirius, and Sirius is a star in Canis Major, which is why I thought that. And it's a really bright star behind Orion. He's also a dog in uh, Harry Potter. Yes. Also, isn't the logo for Sirius XM a dog? It's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> Need everybody to finish season three of Manifest. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I, if you're listening, I need you to contact me. I am <laughs> Aquatail Siren. I need to talk to someone. I need a support group. <laughs> Have you finished season three? Yes. Oh, we can't talk. Yeah, that's why I'll she be, needs us to finish it so that she can talk to us about it. I'll be finished with season three by the time I get back to St. Croix. Oh, you two can have like a meetup about it or something. It's a well, debrief. Bill and I stay up every night for the next few nights. We'll be done with it too, but I don't think that's happening. Yeah. I, Mark and I are going to Wisconsin and I don't know what the, uh, what the evenings are going to be like. Maybe we'll lay in bed and watch manifest episodes of manifest. We'll see. I hope you're out exploring and trying oh, to navigate by the stars. Mostly we will be but we're staying with his aunt and uncle. So I don't think we'll be like coming in super late or anything like that. So, so TC, if, um, if we threw you on a sailboat, would you feel 
comfortable sailing around and getting getting that boat where you wanted it to go? No, I would not feel comfortable. Would I be able to do it? Likely. I've talked to a lot of, because I am a licensed captain and I have three ASA certifications. And um, do I have the courage? I don't know if that's the word to get behind the helm of a sailboat on my own. Probably not. I don't. I don't feel like I can... um, I don't feel like I'm really good at, at reading the wind. And so I'm inexperienced. I did it when I got my ASA certifications. I was on a boat with this older Jewish couple that had been married for like three lifetimes and they acted like it and it was hilarious and fun. And I managed to do all of the things that I had to do for that class. But I, I don't even really have much of an interest in getting behind the helm of my own sailboat anymore. See, because, you know, it's, it's, it's like with a lot of other things, you, you take the class, you, it's like with scuba diving. I took the classes, I went through the trainings, I did, checked off all of the things that I had to check off to do it. And then I went to do it and I found I could do it because it was basically just like they said to me. And, and this is why I think I would really like to learn how to do it and really be able to do it because it's so clever to me how, how it's done you can learn all of the things and you can know all the parts of the boat and you can understand how the wind works and how to look at the waves and how to look at the little things on the sails, but you just don't really have control over it. And I think it'd be really fun to um, finally get over that feeling that I can't control that and learn to know that I maybe can't control it, but know what to do every time it throws me something different. So I, mm-hmm. I just think that uh, maybe when we're all living on an island together, we can we'll get out there and we'll sail our own boats. You know, it's interesting. My island in particular isn't, uh, there's not quite as strong a sailing community as there are in a lot of the other islands in the Caribbean on St. Croix. Not as much. There's some for sure. There are certainly some, but it's not quite as much as, for example, in the British Virgin Islands, there are sailboats everywhere. Even in St. Thomas and St. John, I feel like there are more sailboats, but on on St. Croix, I feel like it's a little less so. I bet if you talk to somebody else, they might feel different. It's it's perhaps my lifestyle, but yeah, I I I don't feel confident to get behind the helm of a sailboat after all of the things that I've learned to do. No, but I, I'm not, it's not an area where I want to, where I'm all that interested in pushing myself for whatever reason. I feel like I'd like to. Yeah. I'm really excited for you to do that, Sarah. Uh, me too. Yeah, me too. It's, it's awesome. I started sailing when I was in the third grade. Um, and have sailed on and off my entire life since then, small boats, bigger boats, parts of crews. Um, you know, now, you know, Megan and I sail the boat by ourselves. Um, and I love it. And with each, you learn something with each experience, you learn something with, um, each boat type, right. Cause I'm, I'm used to sailing a monohull, right. And I like living life at 35 degrees and no one in my world does. So we sail catamarans now and they live flat, but they sail differently, incredibly differently than a monohull does. Um, 
but the more you do it, the more you learn. Um, and what I think I like the most about, I thought it was interesting that you keep talking about control. Like you feel like you can't control it. And for me, I have the most control of anything when I'm on a boat and it's kind of like when I dive, it's because I have thought through everything ahead of time. And I have a plan for almost every eventuality and I know how I'm going to handle it, but I go into it with this very regimented, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle it. This is where we're going to go. This is where we're going to go. If there's a problem, this is the point at which we're going to reap sales. This is the point at which we're going to drop sales. So you sort of have this whole organizational structure set up. And then all you do is pay attention to everything that's going on around you and then just implement your plan. So for me, that's kind of what sailing is. But I grew up, when I grew up sailing, I, my dad had me, take, my dad's an aeronautical engineer. So my dad had me take a class. I was in the third grade, the Bernoulli principle, seriously. Like I was like, whatever, right? I just learned by feel. I learned to sail the boat by feel. And it was a small enough boat that, you know, when I screwed up, I got thrown overboard. The boat went upside down. I climbed back on the top of it, pulled it right back, right side back up, jumped back in and went off on my way. You I don't think, see, I had a very different reaction in the third grade when I was out there on a tiny, tiny little mirror in the bay in Manila. And it was going around and around in circles and we couldn't get it to stop. And I mean, I think that and, and that's what I live with. It's just that that panic feeling when I was a kid, because we couldn't me and this other little kid, we, we didn't know shit. And neither one of us could make this boat go anywhere. That's unfortunate. Yeah. My, uh, my my first sailing, my first actual time sailing, my dad and I were on a, um, a little mini fish. It's a 12 foot long sailboat. My dad and I were on the boat. We were on a lake. Right. So there's a different there's a different environment. Right. So I could see the shore. Worst case scenario, I jump out and I swim to shore. And that's actually how my dad taught me to sail the first time. So we sailed back and forth across the lake. We had fun. This was lovely. And about halfway through the day, he goes, so what do you think? And I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about this. He goes, great. He goes, you see where the car is at, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, don't take your life vest off. I'm like, okay. He dove off the side of the boat and swam to shore. And I sailed it in, beached it. I was like, that's awesome. Let's do it again. Yeah, nice. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Your dad yeeted himself off a boat and didn't tell you? He was like, do zooms! <laughs> Peace out, friends. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, well, I'm excited to see Sarah's journey. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to cheer you on throughout nice. your journey. Maybe hop on a sailboat with you at some point. I'd wait a while. you're always welcome now see i'm jealous because i want the little uh mirage day sailor i've wanted one for a long time so (laughs) little hobie next time you're up in cincinnati come on out i know i'm gonna have to i have to come check it out or the next time you guys are down in florida yeah that's right we usually bring it with us yeah yeah. It's a lot of fun. So next are we gonna learn to fly? Hmm. 
<laughs> I'm like super quiet. I'm like, I don't know that I need to learn how to fly. I think I'd jump out of a plane before I learned how to fly. I would yeah. jump out of a plane too before I'd learn how to fly. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I already but- jumped out of a plane. So maybe I need to learn how to fly a plane. Maybe. maybe. I, I just was taking the uh, 107 unmanned aircraft and you have to study the the pilot handbook. And that's a lot of information to learn and study. I don't know that I want to fly <laughs> anything other than a drone. Yeah, it's intense getting your pilot's license. And then you have to log, well, I guess, yeah, you have to log so many hours in the air and it's expensive. That would be a really cool thing to do to have a, have our own little puddle jumper and, and we just take people places. And Oh, it would be cool. So you could do that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you need crew on your airplane, I'll help. Maybe I'll crew it. <laughs> I'd wait a while. <laughs> now I would, I would like to learn how to hang glide, but I don't really have any interest in Tracy. That's stupid. <laughs> well, okay. Why? I just I mean, think it would feel like you're flying, and you know, I love to jump off of high things, and so those two things combined, I think it would be amazing. What did you say you wanted to do, TC? Hang glide. Hang glide. There's a guy up in Warren County that paraglides and he's got, it looks like a big box fan behind him. And he's just out having the time of his life and moving around. And it's the coolest looking thing. With a parachute. Like, yeah. Wow. We get what? those on the beach all the time. Megan calls them lawnmowers. <laughs> looks like a big lawnmower behind them. It That's does. funny. But do, like, I, take my big Nikon and I'm zooming in. He looks like he's having the time of his life though. Oh, I bet he is. (laughs) Damn, that sounds super scary to me. So what does a paraglider look like? Or it has a big fan behind him? That's the hang glider. No. A hang glider doesn't have a fan. A hang glider is essentially like wings. Just a giant kite that you hang on to, right? A little bit. That sounds like fun, too. No, it sounds petrifying. Kite boarding boarding scares the bejesus out of me. Which one Um, is that? That's where the they've got they're on the water, um, and they've it's a big parachute, and they're kind of surfing, right? Like somewhere between surfing and like um, skateboarding ramps, they're doing all kinds of tricks yeah over the water with a big parachute that scares me i I mean i just picture that that board that they're on if you tip if you tip the front down while you're going forward really fast oh yeah oh my gosh that's gonna be awful that says in the handbook somewhere don't do that (laughs) yeah you just have to follow the handbook yeah no that one no i'm no interest in that yeah I've windsurfed before and that's just really physical. I like yeah. sitting when I sail. Wind surfing. Surfing. surfing in and of itself is extremely physical. Yeah. We did that not too long ago and I had a whole new level of respect for surfers. That'll wear you out. 
Yeah, once. And the last time I got up, I was like, if I have to try this one more time, I will fall off the board and not have the strength to get up above the water. (laughs) I'm done. Same. Like the (laughs) last time, the last time I served my, my last time up, I went down and I was like, okay, that is all the energy I have. I am just swimming back onto shore now because Mm -hmm. I am out. I don't like the idea of falling over repeatedly. I figure, you know, if I learn how to fly and I fall, well, I'm probably only going to do that once. But when you're surfing <laughs> and you're true. all those kinds of things, you just fall down all the time, skating, skateboarding, ice skating, you fall down over and over and over and over again. And I'll break something. Yeah. So when I you tried the snowboard. That was a disaster. I want the opportunity to fall more than one time. Thanks. I, I'm not all that interested in a, you only get one chance at falling sport. I'm going to pass on that. I think you're not supposed to fall when you fly. I think yeah, that's what it is. Probably you're not. not supposed to fall necessarily when you surf either, but it happens a bunch of times. I'm going to, I'd rather land in the water from five feet up. Five feet being where the top of my head is. <laughs> what, what color was your surfboard? And what did you say when you fell in the water? <laughs> it was a long pink board. Mine was long and yellow with two red racing stripes. <laughs> Zoom. Too funny. Too funny. <laughs> Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Our challenge this week for our listeners is to get outside and locate the North Star. We told you how to do it already once tonight. See if you can find it for yourself. It's also known as Polaris. Let us know about your experience by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox wherever you post about it. Thank you, Renee, for joining us this week. And thanks, Jack, for the challenge. I feel comfortable speaking for all of us when I say that we had a ton of fun with this one. And also thank you, a big thank you to you, our fellow explorers for listening to this episode. You can learn about what we'll be up to next, read about what we've already done, or just put a face to the voices you're hearing tonight, all by visiting our website, sirensoapbox.com. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.